The Start On Demand. On demand. Yes, it's budget day in Manitoba, but here's another B word. Birthday. Happy birthday to us. March 11th, 1946 is the day CJOB went on the air in the Lindsay Building downtown. So we spent a good chunk of our morning reminiscing with you, our listeners. I got my first ever massage on Tuesday, and it made me wonder, why have I waited so long to do this? That got us asking the question, have you ever done something and wondered, why did I wait until now? And we'll tell you about a wonderful event called Deadlifts for Dreams in support of the Dream Factory, which works to make dreams come true for sick kids and their families. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Wednesday Budget Day Birthday, March 11th edition of the podcast for the start. Today is Budget Day, but before we lay out some of that, listener Don... Sent you an email this morning, Greg, reminding you of what? It is actually our birthday today. March 11th is CJOB's birthday. 1946, the first broadcast date for CJOB in the Lindsay Building, downtown. Which is ironic because we look from our brand new studio, we look right down on the Lindsay Building, which is really cool. Notre Dame and Fort Street, essentially Notre Dame and Fort, there's a little triangle-shaped building there. It's a beautiful building. It's been uh, redone in the last decade into fantastic apartments. Yep. And that was the first home of CJOB. Yep. And now it's the home of uh, one of our friends named Lindsay. That's now a good lives point. in the Lindsay building. So, <laughs> hello there, Lindsay. If you are listening, so thanks, Don, for pointing that out. Seventy-four years serving Manitoba. So indeed, McNabb's going to join us later on. It's budget day, and she's coming in later because she will be co-hosting with Richard Cloutier a special budget broadcast from three to seven p.m. It's provincial budget day, and. Uh, when she, she when she said she's going to be done at seven o'clock, I didn't expect to hear from her at all. And then she says, oh, I think I'll come in at eight o'clock." All right, suit yourself if you want to work a twelve-hour day. Whatever you want to do, Loren, we are not going to stand in your way, and we're appreciative for uh, everything Loren does. She is uh, really the uh, the engine in the motor, so to speak. Can I share a frustration with you? Absolutely. I went to go to get gasoline yesterday, okay. and I tried to speak the language of the people. <laughs> I, I think I do you, my best to relate to people in their situation. Are you the people's champion? Like I'm not the people's champion, but I, I do my best to, to get down on, on other people's level or up on their level, probably more commonly, and to, to understand the nuance and the language that people are speaking. And I walked into the gas station and I was very proud of myself because I knew I was at pump number seven yep. and there were about 16 gas pumps at this gas station. And I, I, I read their chart. I deciphered the hieroglyphics on the wall and I, and I knew quite, quite precisely that I was pump seven. And then the individual at the cash register burst my balloon and go, you mean the Gray Ford there? <laughs> yes, pump seven. <laughs> I did the homework. I did everything so that I could speak your language. And instead of saying, yeah, I'm in the gray SUV, they flipped it around on me. Well, you know what they would have said had you said I was at the gray SUV? They would have said, pump seven? Do you mean pump seven? <laughs> why, why didn't you call it pump seven? Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. If you, if you work at a gas station and you've gone to all, all that work of creating the artwork and the map and everything, trust the customer that we're, we're working with you. And on the flip side, after I got over my frustration, clearly, 15 hours later as I talk about it, first two motorcycles of the season. Oh, yeah? In the parking lot at Tim Hortons yesterday on Gateway. That's nice. What, yeah. What was the price of gas that you filled up at? Yes, it was 98.9. Why'd you fill up yesterday and not today? It's supposed to drop to maybe 87 cents. Because I needed gas. Yeah, couldn't I wait. I needed gas, and I needed to wash my vehicle. It was disgusting. Yeah, mine's gross, too. I just washed it, I think, two weeks ago, and it took all of three days to appear like it had not been washed. So that's gross. My car was crying under the dirt. <laughs> I could hear it whimpering. Please wash me. Come on, <laughs> hey, coming up at 645, we're going to have a conversation, and you can text us at 204-780-6868. Have you ever done something for the first time and wondered, why did I wait until now? And we're asking this question because yesterday I went for my very first 
massage. And we have benefits that cover this. I've worked for this company for 15 years, and I have never taken advantage oh, of this, these benefits. Before you move forward, move backward. We have benefits which cover this? Yeah. Okay. You're taking me to the website <laughs> right after work this morning. You just show me the area or, or at least get me the uh, form that I need to get filled out. So for massage. Yes. So, so where did you go? So I went to a place called the Pure Escape. It's on Cordon right, right. across the street from Saffron's and Shays Cordon, or as uh, someone I know uh, would say, Chasse. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the... The situation was, I was at the Winnipeg Jets game a few weeks back uh, with some of our salespeople in the suite, and one of the guests in the suite was Rosario Cesario, who runs, who owns the Pure Escape, and I got to talking to him, and he started just told me about his business, and, and I said, well, I've got a, a sore shoulder, is that some, because I, I hurt my shoulder in like November at the gym. I was just, I was working on the pec deck and I had, I was just trying to figure the machine out. I was just testing it to see what the technique was. And I guess I had my shoulders too far back and I didn't even have that much weight on it, but I had it far enough back that I popped something or I pulled something because I, when I went to go do other exercises, I had to bail out. I had to jump ship and I had to stop working out for a couple of weeks. So I figured, well, it'll go away, but here we are in March and it's still lingering. So I asked him about it and he said, oh yeah, I, I, that's something I could work on because, it, you know, I think when people think of massage, they think it's it's relaxing. Mm. But massage therapy can be used to deal with problems like this. My, this wasn't serious. I wasn't in searing pain or anything, but three months of a nagging shoulder injury, like I couldn't even, I can't, I like to sleep on my left side. Was preventing you from doing that? Yeah. Well, so that's I, pretty serious. Yeah. So it was annoying. It was It was lingering. So he invited me down to the pure escape and <laughs> beautiful facility by the way but he worked me over and it was funny because while we were talking he did most of the talking thankfully because every time i would talk it would be oh well that's a pretty cool story man <laughs> <laughs> and uh did you have your head in the donut yeah and so then you're talking to the floor and you're trying to talk back. It's like when the dentist starts reaching into your mouth. So how was your weekend? Yeah. As he sticks the instrument in. <laughs> oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or when you get the uh, the exam from the doctor. <laughs> you know the, the exam. The exploratory one. And then the doctor says, does that hurt? No, it feels... <laughs> what do you think? But uh, so... It was relaxing at times, but at other times it was quite painful, but it's part of the process. It's part of the necessary process. And then at the end I said, so you, in terms of deep tissue stuff, is that what you just did to me? And he said, no, no, I, I would put that uh, on the medium scale. So I would hate to have something that required the deep, deep tissue stuff, but he fixed my shoulder. He fixed my shoulder. I can now, I can push it all, like wrap it over my right shoulder. I feel great. And my back feels great too. As I was walking through the parking lot yesterday at the grocery store, I felt like the $6 million man. You're kind of spry this morning. Yeah. I'm I, impressed. You can, what is, how, how do they say it in the opening for the $6 million man? He can be rebuilt or something along those lines. Oh, we'll have to dig up that clip because it is one of the great show openings of all time. Yeah. So I we feel have great. the technology. Yes. We can rebuild it. Yes. There Bigger, it is. faster, stronger. <laughs> well, Rosario at the Pure Escape has rebuilt me and I feel like six million bucks. And I don't know why it took me 42 years to go for my first massage. This happy tune, it's 
listen to this. Uh, what? Breaking news. Yes. Wow. Good memories. Happy birthday, 680 CJOB. Listener Don sent Greg an email this morning to remind us. March 11th, 1946. 74 years of CJOB serving Manitobans and... Oh, man, it was fun listening to that. I kept waiting for a spot. Why, should I jump in here? No, I just want to keep listening to that. <laughs> I was in the same position. Uh, I can't believe how much of that stuff I remember from my own personal memories. But, uh, yeah, for everyone that's uh, been here since day one, and we know there are listeners that have been here pretty much since the f- first day we uh, cracked the microphones to uh, people who might be just tuning in for the first time or uh, for the first time in a long time, we, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, my uh, my my late Auntie Pat, uh, bless her. I don't know that she even knew what it, the FM dial was. Uh, her radio was fixed on CJOB forever. And uh, I know that there are a lot of people in this community who are the same way. They listen to CJOB all the time. And it always, you know, the, the age range, like it was great when I went to see the kids for I Love to Read Month and I'd say, hey, I'm here from CJOB. And, and a lot of the kids would smile and say, I listen to you in the morning. So yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. it is. It's fantastic. Now we want to ask you the question, have you ever done something and wondered why did I take so long to do this? Yesterday I went for my very first ever massage. I've had a chair massage. We had a, someone came in uh, to the, st- the station a couple of months back. It was a chair massage, but that was just a quick 10-minute kind of relaxing thing. But this was my first massage where I went in for treatment because I've had this nagging shoulder injury for months now and it's been... It, it, it didn't, it wasn't like major pain, but it was getting in the way. So I went to the Pure Escape on Corridon. Rosario Cesario is the man who took care of me. He's the owner, and he took care of me. He fixed my shoulder. I feel brand new. So I wondered, why did I wait so long to try this? Why have I never done this? We have benefits that cover this. So I was wondering, have you guys ever found yourself in a situation where you thought, why did I take so long? Mackling, why don't we start with you? Well, for me, it was my first trip to Mexico on a spring break. I was a ski guy for years and years and then finally got talked into a hot weather vacation on spring break. And I was like, what have I, why did I not come here before? (laughs) I found the joys of putting my toes in the sand and the, and the beach parties and the pool. And did you uh, go in the water? And no. And, (laughs) uh, and of course uh, it was Mazatlan. So my first night at Bora Bora was uh, quite exciting. And uh, yeah, never turned back. I think I've been to Mexico about half a dozen times since. So for me, it was uh, a trip to Mexico. Kelly, you're addicted to that. Yeah, oh yeah, we go to Mexico every year. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it addicted, but it's uh, it's certainly uh, something that we enjoy doing. I was a lot like you, Brett. Um, I'm thinking probably it was about five years ago, my wife finally talked me into going uh, for massage therapy. And uh, yeah, it was, although I didn't quite have the same reaction that you did uh, in that uh, I guess I, I'd let things slip a little bit because, man, I was sore for a couple of days after that. Eventually, it, it worked out well. But, uh, yeah, the, the first couple of days, I, I was almost thinking, why did I do this? <laughs> well, and I think that's what I was was scared of because, like, yeah. 15, over 15 years ago, maybe even closer to 20, I briefly dated a massage therapist, and, and she just started poking at my shoulder, and she said, oh, my God, you, your shoulders are so tight. tight. And she started yeah. to dig in, and just, like, within two seconds, I said, no, no, stop! <laughs> it hurts. I don't want it. It hurts. So that's why I've avoided it, but I knew that's that. Been, that's been my experience, too, and... I didn't feel better the next day either, so yeah, just like no, no, that's not worth it. Well, and if it like if they they have to do really like with your massage, did they have to do like the the deep tissue? Oh stuff? yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was an hour long appointment. Like I say, it hurt for a couple of days, and then there was the payoff. Yeah, you know, so uh, all I would say to you, Mister Braun, is there was no payoff. I've done it several times, and it's oh. just never. Yeah, well, well then, you know what? We're just going to send you to the glue factory. You're done. Was there anything that you experienced for the first oh, time and you, and you said, what was I waiting for? Ketchup, uh, man, As Brett mustard. very well knows and listeners of the Couch Potatoes, uh, the films of Mr. Gerard Butler, for one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Kelly's right. It's food. It's not condiments, but... I've got this weird history with food. I was such a picky eater when I was a kid, and I never had pizza until high school. 
What? And I love it. I never had a cheeseburger until I was in my 20s, and I never had lasagna until I was in my 30s. You're and now I out. love all these things. You are so, missing out. Yeah. What all, did your all the good feed? cheese foods. What did your I, mom I had feed you when you were a kid? 100,001 peanut butter and honey sandwiches uh, when I was a kid. Don't you ever get sick of the same food, though, when yeah, you were a kid? Yeah, I, I, I ate pancakes a lot, too, and then I quit eating pancakes for 35 years. And <laughs> <laughs> I only got back into those last year, so yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all no, sorts of stuff. No pizza until high school. No uh, cheesecake until high school, either. Uh, and no cheeseburgers until your twenties. What kind? So when you order pizza now, what kind of pizza do you get? Uh, anything but Hawaiian is good with me. Oh yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even really. And, pizza. and the real f- fancy ones, I don't go for. Just regular pizza. Yeah, because when you get cheeseburgers, you just get them plain, right? Yeah, with cheese. But before that, I just got meat in a bun. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so complex. So many layers to this onion that is Jeff Brown. What about you, Forts? You know what? I was actually thinking at first. I was having trouble of what. Should I should I pick? And I was thinking you said the benefits. And I went, you know what? I've actually started I went to the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're covered for that. I went to the dentist and I actually got a mouth guard because I grind my teeth when I sleep. Yep. And lately I've been sleeping so good, I'm like, why haven't I be taking advantage of these benefits? Yeah. Use them. Use them. That's and that you that could even be a question for me. I don't I've never actually looked at our list of benefits. We get discounts at all kinds of places because we work here. Like, what are we, you talking about? We can get discounts on cell phones, on gym memberships. Uh, I can't remember the, the other things. Those are the two that stick out. But yeah, there's a huge list of places where we get discounts. But, you know, you have to jump through some hoops to get them. But if you're willing to jump through said hoops, there is a payoff. I think I'm going to find some hoops to jump through over the next couple of days. Yeah, go go on your profile page uh, for work, and uh, there's all sorts of things that you'll discover there. Kelly knows uh, Kelly knows all about these <laughs> things. He's been taking them to himself. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's because part of my duties here are to help people with uh, you know whether it's booking holidays or or uh, some of the other things that that are involved with the coverage. So you have to educate yourself on these in order to help people with it. That's, have, that's why I know about it. Vanessa texting us. The Heberts from Emerson say, I finally went to my first hockey game last mm-hmm. Saturday, and I loved it. It was the Winnipeg Ice versus the Moose Jaw Warriors. And Vanessa, I can relate to that because I don't go to a ton of hockey games. And whenever I do go and actually watch it in person, I think... You know, I'm not a huge fan of watching hockey on TV, but in person, it is spectacular. Live sports does that. Yeah. Uh, when you go to baseball, I never watch baseball on TV, but you go to a baseball game, it's like going to church for me. One of our other listeners says, uh, I waited a long time to go to Thermia. Once I went, it was relaxing without leaving the city. It's our Winnipeg paradise, a vacation in our own backyard. Yeah, I like might that. run into Andrew Harris there. He goes to Thermia. Look at that. 204-780-6868. What have you done for the first time and thought, why did I take so long to do this? Why have I deprived myself of this? The province is tabling its 2020 budget today. The Manitoba government has already announced it's planning to slash the PST again, this time down to 6%. Last year, the province reduced the tax from 8% to 7%, which came into effect on Canada Day. Yesterday, the province said it would be changing the payroll tax for small and medium-sized businesses. That means employers paying $1.5 million in salaries won't have to pay the levy at all, while some companies above the threshold would see reductions. The budget will be released around 3 p.m. and we'll have full coverage on 680 CGOB and, of course, at CGOB.com. Franco Terrazano, Alberta Canadian Taxpayers Federation, joins us now. Franco, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning and thanks for having me on. Well, first thing I got to ask you, I think, is... We're talking Manitoba's budget, but you're in Alberta, so why are we talking to you? <laughs> yep, I'll be pitch-hitting for uh, Todd McKay, who's out with some family issues today, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you, and uh, we know things are a little bit rough in Alberta right now, so as a former Albertan and a fellow Canadian, uh, uh, we're with you and uh, know things are kind of tough. PST is something that you don't have in Alberta. Uh, ours is on the way down. Uh, you, you must like that. Well, you know, it's good to see the sales tax going down, but here's the issue with the whole sales tax is that it's being paired with that carbon tax hit, right? So it's good to take a little bit less money from our left pocket, but what we don't want to see then is the government to take more money from our right pocket, right? And Pallister is predictably, I would say, running the bait and switch by claiming that his carbon tax will be painlessly paired with a PST cut. 
And look, that's slightly better than his last attempt at sleight of hand, where he claimed the previous carbon tax would be offset with the largest tax cut in Manitoba history. Well, guess what? That largest tax cut in Manitoba history actually ended up raising taxes by more than $100 million. Um, And look, taxpayers have seen this whole type of bait-and-switch tactic before. In British Columbia, when it imposed its carbon tax, it included some offsetting tax cuts. But, you know, over time, tax cuts shrank and the carbon tax soared. In Alberta, the past premier who the, the past NDP premier who put in a carbon tax even mused that it would be revenue neutral, but it was anything but. So only the intentionally naive in Manitoba could believe that it'll be different here. Isn't that what happens every single time a, a tax is changed, altered? I uh, remember when the GST came in and the fear over that. And no, no, we're just eliminating the manufacturer's tax uh, that's been buried and hidden and all sorts of items. Uh, don't worry, this, is, this isn't going to change the, the price of, of anything. In fact, it'll bring prices down and, and it'll be quote-unquote revenue neutral. We'll even send you a check uh, every uh, few months in order to, uh, to keep the uh, pandemonium to a minimum. Oh, well, that's the issue with revenue neutrality, right? A tax is only revenue neutral until it's not. It's the old wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, and, you know, even where out, out, uh, out west a little bit in Alberta, we've even heard that the federal carbon tax would, you know, make some people better off. Well, guess what? The only way you're getting made better off by a tax is if your neighbor, if your friend, if your employer down the street is getting hit with a higher tax. And on the issue of carbon taxes, You know, we also need to remember that Pallister is clearly breaking a promise here. You know, the progressive conservatives, right before the election, they launched a petition and they'd had a clear message right on the top of the page. It said, no carbon tax for Manitoba. Sign if you agree. Well, did Pallister not take the time to read and sign his own petition? And here's the thing, too, right? Not only is Pallister breaking his promise on the carbon tax, but he's doing this at the worst possible time. Ottawa's carbon tax, which just dealt a huge blow, in the Alberta, Alberta Court of Appeal that found the federal carbon tax to violate the Constitution. So why is, why is Premier Pallister meekly tucking his tail between his legs instead of fighting the carbon tax like his counterparts in Alberta and in Saskatchewan? And he's also trying to sell Manitobans some magical beans here with this $25 per ton carbon tax. He's trying to make it seem that if he puts in a provincial carbon tax, Trudeau won't raise it. Well, guess what? Trudeau has made it very clear that the federal government will put in a federal... Bo- We'll put in a federal backstop. So if Pallister thinks Trudeau won't increase the carbon tax in Manitoba, then I've got some magical beans that I'd like to sell him. Now, on the, the so-called payroll tax, the province is, uh, uh, what says it's going to ease the tax in order to be more competitive with Alberta, Saskatchewan, and other provinces that don't have the levy, formerly called the Health and Post-Secondary Education Levy. It applies to employers with total annual payrolls of more than $1.25 million, where every salary dollar above that is taxed at a rate of 4.3%. So they're going to raise that threshold to $1.5 million as of next January. So it says Finance Minister Scott Fielding, who joins us after Global News at 8, and that's going to remove some 220 employers from having to pay the tax. So is that a good thing in your eyes? Yeah, that, that seems like some good news, hey? That seems like uh, something that can make us a bit more competitive out here in Manitoba. Um, but you know what we also need to see is we need to see some tax relief for some families, right? So Manitoba still has significantly higher taxes than neighboring provinces for families. Um, a Winnipeg family, for example, with the income of $75,000, pays about $7,580 in provincial taxes. So, And this is how it compares with, our compare, uh, with some of our neighbours. It's actually quite bad because in Regina, that family would pay about $4,600. In Toronto, that family would pay a little over $5,600. So uh, Manitoba families are being hit with much higher provincial tax burden. And here's a few other steps the government can take, right? Um, taking PST off the home insurance will save taxpayers millions make it easier for them to get protection they need on their homes. But another big one, right, is, is the phase out of the education property taxes, right? It'll save families, but also right now, it, it, it's quite an unfair system. And what I mean by that is that farmers often pay massive education property tax bills for the land on which they make their living, even though their kids get the same education as everyone else. So that current system is unfair and it is outdated. Franco Terrazano with the Alberta Canadian Taxpayers Federation joining us live on 680 CJOB on Manitoba's budget, which will be unveiled later today. Franco, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate this. Hey, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
month. Have you ever done something for the first time and wondered why did it take you so long to do this? I asked myself that question yesterday because I went for my very first massage at the Pure Escape on Corden because I had a sore shoulder. It's been bugging me for months. And Rosario, fix me up. I feel great today. My back feels great. My shoulder feels great. And we're getting a lot of texts at 204-780-6868. Lisa, for example, says we took a spontaneous trip with the kids to Salmon Arm, BC. Salmon Arm! Left Winnipeg at 10.30 p.m., stopped in Canmore, Banff for two days, Salmon Arm, BC for two days, and then home with one night stay in a hotel. Whirlwind trip, but such great memories need to be spontaneous again soon. I like it, and I celebrate because I used to live in Salmon Arm for a very short period of my life. For me, and this is a listener at 7806868, I'd been to Mexico a few times, and then last year went to an all-inclusive for the very first time, and I remember thinking, why did I not try this before? Another listener, why is it taking so long? Disney World! Wish I had known about it sooner. I was a hater until I got there. Now, I think of it more than my wife. <laughs> Well, they call it the happiest place on earth for a reason, friend. <laughs> I missed that part when I first read that text. <laughs> oh, God. Keep those memories coming. 204-780-6868. Let us know what did you do for the first time, whether it's an experience, food, whatever. Let Keep us know. Keep it clean-ish. So we do want to revisit this discussion on the U-Pass being scrapped in this year's budget. Universal Bus Pass saves university students hundreds of dollars a year in transit fees. Now, we spoke yesterday morning to UMSU President Jacob Sanderson. Students later held a rally at City Hall. And then I got a notification on the CJOB Instagram from Sanderson asking for a link to his appearance on the news with Richard Cloutier and guest host Marnie Blunt. He was on yesterday at 4.35 p.m. with City Councillor Matt Allard, who's in charge of this file through Executive Policy Committee. So I dove into the audio vault at cjob.com, and I invite you to do the same. But we can play some of the highlights for you here, including this exchange between Richard and Allard. I'm wondering if the increase in public transportation use has been on the backs of students from the various colleges and universities here. And if you have any numbers to suggest that with this elimination of the U-Pass that you're going to see fewer students riding the bus. In other words, has the administration done its homework? What are your projections for fewer or more transit riders as a result of this change? Well, I think there's an expectation that people will continue to use transit. There's an expectation, but do you have the data? I mean, I I have some data. Uh, There has been some consideration by the public service in adjusting what they expect will be the impact to our to our budgets. So, what does that mean? What uh, does that mean? Fewer riders? Is that going to be a hit on on the bottom line? I I don't. I think it's too too uh, too soon to tell. what do you, you mean know, it's too soon in. to tell? You're in charge of this. You've asked for the data. Do you have the numbers? Do I have the numbers? I know that we've looked at the financial implications of the elimination of the U-Pass. It's about $15 million on the four-year budget, which is about a, a 1%, uh, uh, you know, 1% tax, property tax increase, about $5 million. So if you, if you look at $15 million, well, that's three years of property tax increases at 1%. So... Uh, you know, the transit service will continue. We've had a significant bump to, um, to transit uh, operations in the southwest quadrant, which includes the University of Manitoba. So I think everyone, students and, and otherwise, are going to get significantly better levels of service in the southwest quadrant of the city. Boy, oh boy, you're making a big decision like this that affects 30,000 students in your community, a brand new transit way that connects downtown, essentially the two campuses from U of W to the U of M and, and points in between, and you don't know the data, you don't know the numbers. That's problematic in my mind. I went back and I looked at the original proposal last night, Brett, and here here's two things to keep in mind in my mind. First thing is the U-Pass, because it's built into your tuition, it's actually financeable, if that's a word, via your student loan. You don't have to separate it. 
like you would now. Students, uh, because it was a part of their tuition, could just put it as part of their student loan, their overall tuition amount, and that would be covered. So you didn't have to necessarily worry about that as a separate auto out-of-pocket expense. Very helpful for a lot of people. And then at the beginning, there were positions added, full-time and part-time positions added to accommodate for the anticipated increase in ridership, which they achieved. And they also purchased new buses. So in the startup and over the last four years, the amount of money that's come in from this U-Pass has not just covered certain costs, but it has also provided Winnipeg Transit with, uh, I think it's seven brand new buses. And that's been financed and paid for through the revenue that's been generated from this U-Pass, as long as I interpreted the the data correctly, and I believe that I did. So uh, for Matt Allard to come on and say that they don't know the impact and and can't give us concrete numbers, I think is super problematic. Well, and he addresses that here as to whether or not there's room for negotiation on this. I'm going to listen to every single delegation. Uh, the problem is $15 million. So that's a pretty big problem to solve. Uh, so I'll have my ears wide open. Just the last thing I wanted to say, and thank you for that, Matt. If you want to come up with a different number, it'll get it down from 15. Our table's open to you. In fact, as Mayor Bowman said, he wanted to hop on a bus, talk to as many students as possible. We talked today at our press conference. Mayor Bowman, I'm actually sorry that you're putting poor Councillor Allard, who I know in his heart loves the UPASS program, out to go and defend your decision. Mayor Bowman, if you want to come to campus, we have a debate ready for you at noon on Friday. I would love to see you there. There will be a meeting tomorrow at City Hall, and transit is on the agenda. That was Jacob Sanderson, president of the University of Manitoba Students Union, who was on the news yesterday with Richard Cloutier and guest host Marnie Blunt and for Julie Buckingham alongside City Councilor Matt Allard. So the, it was an extensive conversation, went on for about 15 minutes. So if you want to go, want to hear the whole thing, go to cjob.com, find the audio vault. And using that number $15 million, they do that because they've now they've got this four-year budget process. Yep. Instead of $4 million a year, they make it sound like a much bigger number than it is. And not to mention the $180 million in transit surpluses that have been generated over the last decade that the city council still has yet to prove goes right back into transit. This this smells fishy to me. McNabb, you weren't here when we had this conversation. You came in at 8 o'clock because you've got the budget broadcast this afternoon, so you've got a long day ahead of you. So is there anything that jumps out for you? Well, when you mentioned massage, I was in my 20s, and that was the point, too, where your job actually covered massages, and so you're wondering why you hadn't gone for 10 of them over the year or 6 or whatever your your job covers. Mine's kind of actually more, it's not as fun. I wish I had started wearing sunscreen a lot earlier because I'm a <laughs> pale redhead. Yeah. And I obviously wore it when I was a kid because my parents were like, you can't go out there. But there was a good five to six years in my 20s. I had lived in Zimbabwe, Africa for a bit and then later did, you know, I lived overseas. And I was convinced that I, like, I could somehow make myself tan. And uh, that's just foolhardy. It's foolish. I was so burnt so many times, like back peeling, like it's just gross. So I was, so now when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, you know what, wrinkle, you wouldn't be there. I don't think if I just had embraced the sunscreen. Well, you know what, uh, what are you going to do? Your your skin is essentially translucent, (laughs) is it not? (laughs) The camera guys at Global TV, you have to do what they call a white balance to adjust the color on the cameras. Use your cheek. And they used to always joke around, McNabb, turn around so I can get a white balance off your skin. Yeah, sunscreen. That's not as much fun, but it's like an actual thing. Well, no, but you, you realized uh, afterwards that something that you dreaded. How often does that happen in your life where, you know, it's like eating your peas and, and uh, your vegetables in general, and then you go away from it, and then you realize that your mom, your grandma, your grandpa was absolutely right. I should have been doing that the entire exactly. time. And I think this is a common thread with some of our interaction with our listeners this morning. We used to dread when the mom or grandma or grandpa would put on CJOB, plug my ears, do anything not to listen. Now I listen all the time. And we have, speaking of listening, Dave says his experience was going to a heavy metal concert. Mm. Three bands. One was Slayer. With I went with my niece's kids. Oh. I'm 64. It took four days to hear correctly again, but I yes. loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. Good I for you. I want to know who the other two bands were. 
Let, let us know, Dave, if you remember, 204-780-6868. On Instagram at 680CJOB, uh, DJ DJ30 says, traveling to an all-inclusive resort, one word, relaxing. Mm-hmm. Greg, that echoes your sentiment the first time you went to Mazatlan yes, for spring I, break. I couldn't believe that I was going from ice and snow, spending 14 hours in a car to drive west to play in ice and snow in Lake Louise and Banff and Pan panorama when I could have been in the pool at the hotel in Mazatlan drinking copious amounts of alcohol <laughs> and wearing minimal clothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I couldn't believe <laughs> that my mind was closed to this idea for so long and I waited until I was in my mid-20s to yes. finally get on a plane and go on a hot holiday. Dummy I was. Yes, my first all-inclusive was actually our wedding in Cuba and as I swam up to the swim-up bar, I was like, you lovely thing, where have you been all my life? And like, why aren't more hotels just <laughs> like throwing in a swim-up bar? Like, you need to have a travel lodge. They can make some good money. Like, smaller hotels. Yep. Throw in a swim-up bar. Nice idea. Come on, man. Who doesn't like that? The kids love it. They're like, can I get a Coke? And I'm like, I can double that. Add some rum to that for mama. Like, that's that's the world I want to live in. Swim-up like bars for all. I've, what, only, I've what, only done the all-inclusive once, and it was also in Mazatlan. So uh, that was I was 28. So hmm. you were 26, I think, Greg. I yes. waited until I was 28. So and I haven't done it again, and that's so that now it Shame falls into a, why haven't I done this a second time? I think I still have a two hundred and fifty dollar drink credit at the Playas Las Flores <laughs> in Mazatlan because we didn't spend any time at our hotel at our pool. We were down the beach at El Cid, El which Cid. Was, I don't know if it was Castilla or yeah. not, but it was uh, the party place to be. And uh, I should see if I can go and uh, claim that money now. That would be a, that would be a trick and a half. Here's another interesting one uh, that's also on our 680 CJOB Instagram. Oh, my phone just locked my locked me out. Hang on one second here. This is uh, from CS806. Used a shoehorn to mm. put on my shoes. Yes, practical, but. Very true. Yes, that's a great point. And you try one and you think, this is super smart. Same with, I just recently bought the inserts for boots. So they keep your boots. Like if you have, more women have longer boots. Oh, like the tall boots? The tall boots and they flop and they get the wear and tear. And then someone mentioned putting those inserts in the boots and your boots last longer. All these little old lady tricks I'm now using. I think that uh, falls under the same category for my kids would be untying your shoelaces. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to discover that, boys. Yeah, instead of trying to wrestle them off. Oh, and on. Time. And then I do hand them the $1.99 shoehorn from Ikea. We have them scattered at uh, all the entrances and exits in our house. The back scratcher! <laughs> oh my gosh, how did I not think of the back scratcher? I just got one from my dad in our stocking like four years years ago. Yeah. Changed your life? Changed my life. And then I stole one of my siblings one that they got so that I could have two. They left it behind. I didn't I didn't steal it. I just didn't give it back. Is it beside you? No, but I have it at my desk most times, and yeah. I often have it in studio. Oh, yeah. Loren always has the back scratcher here. Do you think now you use it so much that it's just become, yes. I don't want to say a crutch, because yes. that sounds negative, but yeah. it's something where you just get itchy because you have access to the back scratcher? Yeah. Was it yesterday someone mentioned back or back scratcher, and I popped up immediately and then I was scratching my back on the wall like up against yes. the wall carpet and then I couldn't stand it I had to run out and get it because once you mention like so many things you know your back is itchy or your leg is sore that's all you can think about is or it- wash your hands and don't touch your face and then inevitably you have to touch your face because you have an itch next to your nose or on the outside of your mouth it never ever fails oh it's like well, you must have seen this all the time Greg in your days serving in restaurants Say whenever the server warns you don't touch the plate oh. it's hot <laughs> I still, at age 42, am the guy who has to touch the plate to see how hot it is. I laughed at you lots and lots of times. Yeah. Especially at Chi-Chi's because the the food was actually cooked on the plate. Yeah. That's how hot it was. And then, of course, you had fajitas that were called chajitas at Chi-Chi's. Yep. And, you know, people typically knew not to touch the black skillet. Yeah. But the plates all the time. Oh, give me, give me. No, no, no. You don't understand. This just came out of the oven. Can't be that hot. Okay. Help yourself. Find out for yourself. And one final thought here. This is a follow-up to somebody who texted us about Disney World. Wish I had known about it sooner. I was a hater till I got there. Now I think of it more than my wife. 
That was the first text. <laughs> the follow-up was, I was a hater because I thought Disney was for kids. It is not. I was 35 the first time I went and fell in love. We've been going for 17 years straight. We're platinum members on the Disney Cruise Line. Over 100K spent on Disney. No regrets. Oh, wow. I often said Disney should run the entire economy because when you go to <laughs> Disneyland, you've saved up every holiday day you can possibly fathom or, or manage to save yeah. either for a year or a couple of years so you can go and save all the disposable income that you've set aside for the last two or three years to go and stand in line for hours at a time. They are pure evil genius at D- <laughs> Disney. Mm-hmm. They could probably make <laughs> and then you we like- ask for more. Yeah. They could, they could probably make you like paying your taxes if I it came with could. some sort of system. You're like, am I standing in line to give you money? And I'm liking it. And I'm humming I'm a tune. It. Put a swim-up bar at the revenue agency. Then we won't have any problems. As long as Pluto <laughs> is serving that drink, I'll be happy. So when someone sent me an email asking if we'd be interested in talking about an event called Deadlifts for Dreams, I thought, that sounds unique. Sign me up. So after raising over 24000 bucks in 2019, Deadlifts for Dreams 2 will once again bring together some of Manitoba's strongest to raise funds for a little boy in our community who knows the true meaning of strength. It's going to be, it's a, it, well, you know what, rather than me go on and tell you more about this, in studio with us we have Andrew Cousy from the Dream Factory and event owner, event organizer Dave Beakley from Midtown Barbell at 349 Wardlaw. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for Thanks. having us. Dave, why don't we start with you? What's a deadlift? Uh, a deadlift in the most simple form is you're standing over a barbell, you pick it up from the ground, uh, you stand until you're fully upright, and then you put it back down. What uh, What are you working on when you do that? What part of your body? Pretty much everything. It's why you really hear the noise from everybody. Yeah. Because your whole, what weight are, do you work with or do people work with traditionally? Um, in, in the powerlifting community, which is very strength-based, um, you know, I've there's there's guys six, seven, eight hundred pounds. Oh my Come on! I think two two guys competing at Deadlifts for Dreams two are going to attempt over seven hundred. Come on! And one of them is only uh, he's one hundred and ninety pounds, one hundred ninety five. And that's the, the that's the one where you just kind of you you bend over and you then you lean up and you just hold the and bar you stand down by up your with waist, it. Yeah. right? Yeah, and you have to hold it for a certain amount of time for it to count, or how does you that work? You just have to be fully upright, so knees locked out, hips locked out, standing fully upright. And then put it back down. Your hands have to be on the bar when it touches the platform. And oh, the, so you can't just, just sky it. bomb it. Yeah, right, you're right. not putting it over your shoulders. No, though. just no. That's okay. the clean and jerk. I would, okay, I was like, that guy's gonna <laughs> I don't know, die. Is that right? Is that the clean and jerk? That's, that's is good. That right? You nailed it. Yeah. I remember uh, Alexiev was the guy from the Soviet Union yes. in the Olympics back in '76, and well, he didn't go to LA in '80, but he was like the strongest guy back yeah. when I was a kid. So this is fascinating stuff. What got you into this, Dave? Uh, when I finished playing football, uh, I needed a reason to train, more or less, and I tried bodybuilding. I didn't love it. Um, I tried strongman, and those strongman guys are so massive, and they don't do weight classes. So me at 5'10", 250, competing against guys who are literally 6'7", 400 pounds, I just didn't stand a chance because things that I'm like lifting stones onto a box that are at my face – they're like at his lower chest. And uh, powerlifting just suited me. It's just three movements. Uh, you go as heavy as you can, um, which when I played football and I was supposed to be doing track, I was in the gym lifting heavy weights instead. Um, so the, the whole sport just suited me. And uh, it's it's done well by me and still still at it after all these years. So, so how did you come up with this idea to turn, to take deadlifts and make it into a charity event? I've got some friends. I compete down in the in the south, mostly uh, Minnesota, Fargo, and that. And there's a pastor who owns a gym down there that started an event called Relentless. Mm. And there's Relentless Minnesota, Relentless Detroit, and Relentless Texas. And they do a full meet, and it's to raise uh, raise money for sick kids. And it's gotten so popular that there's a waiting list. So I was never actually able to compete in it. And I just figured, why not start my own? Well, and uh, a smaller event, just doing deadlift, makes it more appealing to everybody. So instead of being watching an event or competing for nine hours, you're there for kind of two and a half. 
And with different flights, you can you come watch your buddies and you know they're in the first flight and you can watch them and you can take off or you can stick around. It's not that much longer. And then uh, I've always just kind of had a, a thing for kids uh, and particularly, you know, helping sick kids and, and underprivileged. So the whole thing just just made sense to me. Well, you're appealing to people who like to compete. And also the Manitoba, the thing that we're so great at is being generous and wanting mm-hmm. to help others. So that they're helping Dream Factory. Andrew, what is Dream Factory for those who don't know? Yeah, so the Dream Factory is a Manitoba-based organization born in Manitoba. We work only with families in the province. We make dreams come true for kids in our community that have life-threatening illnesses. So those dreams can be all kinds of things from trips around the world, bedroom makeovers, shopping sprees. It's as big as a a kid can dream. We'll go out and, and make that happen. And it's only possible because of events like deadlifts for dreams and and community coming together to help us do what we do. So there's there are two events. There's one in Winnipeg, March 28th at Midtown Barbell, and then one in Brandon on April 5th at Anytime Fitness in support of both Apollo and Logan's Dreams. Uh, which was the, the, the child in Winnipeg? Apollo. So, yeah, Sorry. so Winnipeg's event will be supporting Apollo's Dream. Apollo's three years old and has an illness called Langerhans Cell Histiocytosis. His dream is to go with his whole family to Disney. He loves superheroes, um, wants to check out all the characters, the rides, amusement parks, all those things. So we're um, hoping and we know we'll, we're going to make that dream come true for Apollo and his family. Well, yeah, I see that uh, you had a $20,000 goal for to make Apollo and Logan's dreams come true, and you've, you've got to 21735 Yeah, with a few weeks to go. One of the things that at the Dream Factory we are always so um, blown away by is the generosity of Manitoba's powerlifting community. These people have really come together in support of this event and have done an incredible job fundraising and making these dreams possible. And it's really rewarding on the day of the event to get to meet all of them, have them connect with um, Apollo and his family and have them really see who in their community, all their hard work, uh, is supporting. How extraordinary to have met your goal before you even hold the event. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that, that's super special. So Dave, that's got to be pretty rewarding to to achieve your goal b- before you even lift anything. Uh, it's extremely rewarding and, and we we managed to do it last year and at first I, I kind of I was like, yeah, like of course we did. You know, Andrew works incredibly hard. The community is, is so special. And then you start looking around and, and talking to other people and to find out that it's not that normal to hit it before you do it. Uh, you become a lot more grateful to the people that are, are surrounding you and supporting you. But to know this community also and, and the folks involved with Deadlifts for Dreams is to know that, yes, we hit the goal, but none of them are done yet. We're like on to the next, trying to hit the next benchmark, raise more money for these kids there's like no quit in these lifters, and it's just about doing as much as possible prior to the event. Inspiring one another, I imagine, along the way, because it, sadly, the, the sad truth would be the list continues to grow of kids who'd be mm. looking for opportunities to fulfill some dreams, Andrew. Yeah, and to know that, yes, we've made um, these dreams that we've set out to do come true, but we're, all of these people are still working hard so that even more dreams can happen is is pretty incredible and pretty inspiring. Apollo's was to go to Disney World, Disneyland, and Disney World, and yeah. Logan's. What can you tell us about him? Similar. So Logan, um, he and his family are out in Nipoa. Logan's dream is also to go to Disney World, but for a different reason. Um, Logan is a mega fan of the movie Cars and really wants to meet uh, his superstar Lightning McQueen from Cars. So that's <laughs> that's what his Disney uh, dream is all about. Well, in these events and. Uh, th- this fundraising, you know, what what you guys do with the Dream Factory, it's not just important for the child, but it also gives some relief to the family, right? Because they go through a lot. Of course, yeah. At the Dream Factory, all of these experiences that we're talking about are for the entire immediate family. and Because we recognize that, you know, siblings are affected, parents are affected. There's an entire community that is impacted when, when a child becomes ill, and we do our best to allow that experience and that fun and laughter for 
that whole kind of immediate family. Well, and of course, uh, Loren and I have our affinity for Western Manitoba and outside of mm-hmm. the city of Winnipeg. Dave, uh, it must be mind-blowing. You go out to Brandon and to to see what happens out there. And and and, and Andrew, just the, the, the world outside the perimeter highway, mm-hmm. we sometimes forget that it exists and what wonderful, caring people uh, live outside the city of Winnipeg. It, it's, a, it's a special place, rural Manitoba. Yeah, and the truth is that so many of the families that we work with are from rural Manitoba. We're fortunate um, at the Dream Factory in Manitoba that many families come into the city for, to be at Children's Hospital, to be at HSC, so we get to meet a lot of our families here. But the truth is that many of them live in communities in rural Manitoba. So to be able to now come to Brandon, engage with the community there, have a bit more of a presence and show, yeah, we are making dreams come true here too, has been really cool. And the community has been so responsive, so excited. And we're really looking forward to that event on April 5th. Dave, people would look at you and say you're strong for what you do in lifting hundreds of pounds or these guys who are going to lift 600 or 700 pounds yeah. in a deadlift. What do you say about the kids that you meet in terms of their strength and the families that you see? I mean, it's such an interesting, there's the physical strength and then there's the whole other part of your body that has to come into play yeah, when you're sick. That, that's honestly the true strength. Um, you, you can you can work to, to lift weights and get stronger at whatever pace that works for you. But uh, these families are put in, in such positions that your only choice is to be strong. And, uh, you know, Apollo's family this year and Maya's family last year, getting to know them, uh, it's just it, there's something in you uh, that you you have to dig deep and and find you know to make your good days the best they can be, and to stay strong through the bad days, and the, you know again I'll, I'll relate to Maya because I got to know her better last year, but you know the bad days and going through chemo and you know and she cheers up with a yogurt tube and some bologna and and she's like you know let's go play and and that's got to be so confusing uh, to be like why does my body feel this way and. You know, everyone else around me is fine. And, and then to push through and just, you know, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. And then eventually to, to come through on the other side is so incredible to see. You can get more information at thedreamfactory.ca slash deadlifts. The event is called Deadlifts for Dreams, the Winnipeg event happening March 28th at Midtown Barbell. That's on Wardlaw. And then in Brandon on April 5th, at any time fitness in support of Apollo and Logan's dreams. And once again in studio with us, Dave Beakley, who is the event organizer. He owns Midtown Barbell and Andrew Cousy from the Dream Factory. Gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. Thanks thank so you. much for having us. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.